0: You're listening to Maven Lee's Women, Work, and Worth podcast, where we have honest conversations about work and life so you can take your career to the next level. Hi, everyone. It's Talia here, and I'm so excited to finally have Elise Archer here on the podcast with us. We have had an incredible two days together that we will absolutely get into, but she is a personal brand strategist with Brand Builders Group and has so much incredible insight to share about building a personal brand. And we're going to get into a lot of great stuff, so feel free to get out of pen and paper because I'm sure you're going to want to take some notes and Elise, welcome, welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Talia. I've had the most fun with you these past two days. And I just I love your audience. I love the community. And um, I'm excited to hopefully be able to share some good insights today that they
0: can use to elevate
1: their own personal brands.
0: Absolutely. So can you just tell us kind of on a high level, what it is that you empower people to do through the work you do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I help people get a lot of
1: clarity around their personal brand. So who do they serve? What's their message? How are they going to reach them? Um, And how are they going to really become known as one of the top leaders in their space? Hmm. And so I think the biggest thing most of my clients are struggling with is lack of clarity, whether they – currently work full time for someone else, but they have you know a, a desire and a draw to go out and work on their own, um, like I'm guessing a lot of your audience may be in that situation. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they've already started their own brand and they're really wanting to scale and go to the next level and they're kind of thinking, okay, I know what got me here won't get me there, so I need another perspective to think about what could this look like on a grander scale? How can I reach more people and how can I elevate my influence? So I help people do all those types of things.
0: That's amazing, and I I wanted to ask you one question that came up for me as you shared that answer with us. So, when you say that you're helping, you know, people become top leaders in their space, I can imagine that for some people, the thought of that is super exciting, but also a little scary, mm. right? Like the fears yeah. that might come up with having that type of visibility and really kind of owning what it is you do and who it is that you are.
1: Yes, and it's so I think it's important that you say that because. Sometimes we get stuck in, well, I need this perfect funnel or I need this perfect copy before I can like really go to the next level with my brand. But what a lot of times that's masking is just a true fear of visibility, mm-hmm. which I understand. Like I, what I love doing in my work is helping people really shine and and love how they're presented both online and offline. But I get the fear of visibility. Like I grew up super insecure, always was comparing myself to my sister who I thought was like prettier, who was skinnier. I mean, I did. <laughs> didn't, didn't think she was skinnier. She was skinnier. (laughs) But it's, you know, you kind of like we grow up with those insecurities. And sometimes we take those into our adult life. And it took me probably a good 10 years, like all through my 20s to really work through those and get to the point where I realized that I'm not serving anyone by hiding, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not serving anyone by shrinking and not sharing my gifts. And um, I think that so there's definitely some mental work that sometimes goes into kind of getting past that fear of visibility. But when Mm -hmm. you realize that you're made to shine, you're made to get your message out there, that you are beautiful as you are, um, and that by shining, you inspire other people to do so as well. It's like we can kind of get out of our own heads and really go out there and make the impact that we want to make in the world.
0: Totally. And I can only imagine how incredibly rewarding this work is for you to do in terms of like guiding people through that process of really stepping into who they are and I am curious to know what your absolute favorite part of your work is like what do you just love more than anything else about this work
1: mm. Yeah. So I would say it's when you get those aha moments. So one of the things I work with clients in a number of ways, but one of my favorite ways to do it is a two day intensive, kind of like you and I just did. And so you're often, you know, I'm there in person with that person and we're getting really clear on some of their messaging and their, um, like what they're going to be known for. And it's that aha moment, like that light bulb moment, kind of like, I, you know, I'm laughing about this, but when you and I were working together, it's like, you know, I pick up the dog and want to dance with her. And it's <laughs> like, so, it's just, which well, she's not always there. I don't always work with clients in my home, but it's just that aha moment when it's like everything clicks and yes. when the client and when my client starts to see, wow, like this is what I can be known for. And this is exactly what I'm meant to do in this next phase of my life. It's the most gratifying thing.
0: Oh my goodness, I can only imagine. And I've been on the other side of it. So I can <laughs> I can attest and say <laughs> to have someone be able to create a space where those moments are, um, you know, where those moments are, are likely to happen and possible and do happen. It's, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. Um, so my next question might seem a little almost too basic, but I do want to kind of just define what a personal brand is. I think we hear about it a lot. We talk about it a lot. Everyone, you know, at some point might consider starting one or building out a personal brand, but can you just kind of high level define what it even is and why it might be important for someone to think about um, creating?
1: Yeah. Well, I think the key I would say is you already have one everyone listening already has one. A personal brand is simply, in my opinion, what people think of when they think of you. And if you've been very intentional about cultivating that and thinking about what do I want to be known for and putting out content online that aligns with that, then you probably have been building the type of brand that would attract clients. It would make people want to work with you. If you haven't been intentional about it, then it's either that no one's really thinking about you and what you're doing. And that's probably not great if you're wanting to expand your business or it's like if we're not intentional about cultivating our message and and what people think of us, um, then, you know, one negative thing happens and that becomes your brand. So I think one key thing is that you don't really own your brand. The world owns your brand. And what's really important is to think about what do I want to be known for and what is my message, and and what do I want um, people's perception of me to be, and to go about cultivating that intentionally. Hmm. Um, and I would say it's look. I, I don't think everyone has to be super focused on building their personal brand. Like if you are someone, if you're building a business that you know you want to exit, and you know that you don't. Um, you don't care a whole lot about being the figurehead of the business, then quite frankly, it's not as important. But if you're building a business where you are the person who is, it needs to be visible, whether you're a speaker, a coach, an author, a trainer, um, whatever it is, you really need to think about how am I going to be known and how can I become more visible as the face of my
0: brand? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in the process of the work you're doing, when you're helping people, you know, kind of ask themselves these tough questions, (laughs) who do I want to be in the world? What do I want to be known for? How do I want to show up? What are the biggest, I guess, like most common mistakes that you see people make? Um, One thing that I'm hearing is just that there's a very like clear lack of intention and that in itself is probably one of the most common mistakes I would assume you might see. But what else shows up for you as common mistakes people might make when they're either intentionally crafting their brand or not, (laughs) not yet thinking about it?
1: Yeah. Great question. So I think the number one mistake and people don't even realize it's a mistake until they don't do it anymore, but it's trying to do it on your own. And that's not to say that you have to work with us. Like you can work with anyone out there who can help you with it. But I think one of my clients, Glenn said it best. Um, he runs a marketing agency up in, uh, Northeastern United States. And so he helps his clients build their brands for a living. But when he came and worked with us, he said, he said the number one reason why he came and worked with us was that it's really easy to look at his clients and figure out how they need to be positioned and what problem they solve and, and like what their brilliance is. But he said when it comes to doing it myself, when you look at something for so long, you stop seeing it. And so whatever that thing is that could actually be your uniqueness, whether it's like you're amazing on video or like you're really intuitive or you're great at taking all these different ideas and pulling them together, and that can become a true business for you because it happens so naturally and easily for you. A lot of times you just don't see how amazing that is. And so I think the biggest mistake is not seeking outside counsel or outside perspective of people who... Maybe I think sometimes it's helpful to have people who don't even know you um, to be able to really look and say, well, you haven't thought about this because they're they're not biased at all. Right. Or sometimes it is really helpful to pull in like your friends or family or people who know you to say, hey, like you're amazing at this or here's a big problem that you've solved for me just to get that outside perspective. So I'd say that's probably the number one thing. And then the second mistake that people make that I see so often is they decide they're going to build a brand, a personal brand, and the first thing they do is say, okay, well, I'm gonna go out and clearly I need a logo, I need a website, I need to get my social media up, I need to like really focus on my Instagram. And they don't have any sort of clear direction on what their business model is, who they're gonna serve, what their message is, mm-hmm. what their revenue streams are gonna be. And I would equate that to deciding that you're gonna build your dream home, but doing it without a blueprint. Yeah. And so sometimes you have to slow down just a little bit in order to speed up and really get clear on what is that blueprint of what I'm building. And it doesn't have to take a long time. Um, But once you're clear on all of those key foundational elements of your brand, then you're able to build quickly. You're able to build effectively and you're able to do it in a way that feels fun and gets you in the flow rather Mm -hmm. than feeling stressed out like, oh my gosh, I've got a logo and a website, but I have no customers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that I know for me was one of the most valuable things in working with you as I build out my personal brand and think about what's next in my work and life was having that outside objective perspective. And, you know, it's it's the mirror metaphor, right? Someone's holding up a mirror and sometimes we can't hold the mirror up for ourselves, even if we hold it up for other people. And there might be resistance to it initially. There might be fear that comes up around that initially, but it's so important to know when it's the right time to bring other people into your journey and knowing that like you don't have to know it all you don't have to do it all there are experts out there who know how to do this and it's also again it's just more fun when you bring people into it who can see things you might not see and also can just kind of share in the joys of the process
1: yeah you know there's a lot of beauty that comes from allowing yourself to be supported Mm -hmm. and that's something that for years I was terrible at and I thought it was kind of my conditioning growing up like do everything on your own don't seek outside support like if if it's something you can do on your own um, you should do it and Mm -hmm. one of the things that I've learned is that not only does it take a lot longer that way but it feels stressful and it feels like a grind and so I think it's just really embracing your worth and embracing the fact that you do have an important message to get out into the world Mm -hmm. and that you should be supported in that and not have to do it on your own. We are here to support each other and help each other. And it's, it's beautiful when you can have that mirror effect, like you talked about.
0: Totally. And that, that takes me to my next question. You just mentioned, you know, being able to really define and hone in on what the message is that you, you want to bring into the world or put out into the world. And, I know that for me, the one question that you asked me that took me a while to get an answer to, but the the question to help me craft what that message was going to look like was what's the problem you want to solve? Mm. And it's such a powerful question. and, And for some, it might come easy. For some, it might take days to get to an answer to. But I think for me, when you opened with that and when you really kind of encouraged me to go through just a brain dump, a brainstorm, like what are all the problems you feel like you can solve for people? That just opened up such a world of possibility, but also really gave me the clarity and, and a sense of direction in the rest of the work we did together. And so what I do want to share a little bit about is is that process, like what are those questions that people should be thinking about in, in really any stage of building their brand, whether it's been out in the world for five years or, or, or they're just thinking about starting it. What are some of those core key questions to be considering, um, when it comes to your message and, and what it is you want to do?
1: Yeah. So I think you hit the nail on the head that until you're clear on what problem you solve for people, nothing else really matters. Mm -hmm. And this is where we start with each and every one of our clients. And, um, Part of why it's so important is and this actually brings up another mistake that people make a lot, Talia, when building their brands is that they get so excited about their solution, whether they're like a coach or they're creating a service or an app that in their marketing, they talk all about that solution and how amazing it is. And one of the things that I've learned is that people really don't care about your coaching program, your solution, your app unless they know that it solves a really specific problem for them. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of why it's so important to be clear on what is the problem you solve, Um, because in your marketing, really, you should be spending at least as much time developing the problem as you're developing your solution, right? It's like you, you almost become an ambassador of the problem, kind of like Brene Brown has done with shame. Um, and then in order to get the solution, someone needs to work with you, they need to follow you, they need to read your book, you know, whatever it is mm-hmm. that you're wanting people to do to engage with you. So I think a really simple question people can ask themselves is just, if my ideal client were to come to me right now and say, Elise, I'm really struggling with blank. What would be in that blank? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just like you experienced, it's often, it ends up being a brain dump. You know, there's, there's, for most people, there's 10, 20, maybe 30 different problems they could solve. Um, But we really want to try to get it down to one word. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, the problem word will often have like a negative energy to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, someone might think, okay, the problem that I solve is sales. Well, sales isn't really a problem. In fact, sales is a great thing. <laughs> we love sales. So, what is the inverse of that? Right. Right. If you're not getting sales, what is the inverse of that? Like, what is the true problem that's at the root mm. of it? And who knows what it could be? Right. Depending on your brand, maybe it's overwhelm, maybe it's um, fear of something, but. The problem is typically going to be a negative energy word, and it's going to be one word. It could be emotional, like some sort of fear, or it could be practical. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that is like the key of everything that we build upon when we're working with our clients on building their brands, and it's really, really important to get clear on that, um, just to make sure that everything you're creating is aligned with solving that problem for your clients.
0: Absolutely, and I can assume that a lot of people fall in love with, like you said, they fall in love with their solution, right? And they spend so much time thinking about how they're going to, what they're going to offer. But you have to fall in love with the problem. (laughs) You have to feel passionate enough about a problem, knowing that your time is going to be spent fixing that problem for people. And so I love that distinction between like time focused on solution, but also time focused on building out the problem and, and being able to connect to the problem personally, because that motivation, that why, is going to be what drives you in, in the business you build. Yeah. And people pay to have their problems solved. Mm-hmm.
1: At the end of the day, if that, I mean, that's what this is about, right? If you're building a business, you're simply identifying a problem that you're going to solve for people. Mm-hmm. And you got to be really clear on what that is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I would—if if you're open to it, I would love to share the problem that you and I nailed down through our work together.
1: I would love you to. I'm obsessed with the problem you (laughs) solved. because it's such
0: a powerful, we landed on such a powerful word. And, and, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it took a lot of brainstorming and brain dumping in our work together, but the problem, and as you all know, through Mavenly and through the podcast and all the content that you've heard from us, that my time is spent coaching and working with women. And yes, there has been career stuff, there's been entrepreneurial stuff, but ultimately at the end of the day, Elise helped me clarify that the problem that I solve through the work I do and will continue to solve in my work is the problem of insignificance. Mm-hmm. And I get—I still get chills every time I say it because it's such a, it feels so, it like resonates so deeply with me, but it's a problem that I see everywhere, right? This feeling that, that we, don't matter enough that we're not important enough that we don't deserve the things we want that we can't have the life we want that we can't make the money we want that we can't create the business or have the job that we want and so you know that that kind of north star now as the problem I'm solving has really helped me see so much more clearly how I want to continue serving women so I just want to also thank you Elise for pulling that out of me and for really helping me articulate the problem in such a concise but powerful way.
1: Well, it was my pleasure and it's uh, the problem of insignificance is just it's huge and I not to go off on on you know a tangent here but I just think that so many people do struggle with that and if someone isn't moving forward in creating the life that they love and really going after what lights them up. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes at the root of it, it is a feeling of insignificance and who am I to deserve this? And who am I to go after this? And so it was just so cool to really land on that and say, oh my gosh, there's so many people who need help with this. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you're going to do it that you have been doing it, but now that you can really clearly articulate it, Mm -hmm. um, it's just like, it's so powerful
0: and exciting. It just, it like lights the fire. It, it, just instills like a whole new sense of motivation in me, which I'm sure so many of us could use at different <laughs> different stages and parts of work and life, but it never hurts to get a little bit of a boost and just a, um, a sense of new energy. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Yes, yes, yes. So I would also love to get your thoughts on something. So obviously, as you know, with, with Mavenly, our audience is full of women in in a lot of different stages of their work. So we have some full-time entrepreneurs and business owners. We have people who are considering becoming entrepreneurs. We have people who work in jobs full-time. We have side hustlers. Um, So if we're thinking about these different categories of people, I'm assuming that when it comes to a personal brand, there, there are differences in maybe what they should be thinking about or what they should be considering. So could we maybe try to tap into each one of these different buckets of folks to give them a quick piece of, you know, if, if there's one thing you're, you're going to do today or one thing to think about, here's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say um,
1: for the for those listening who are currently they're like full time W two, so they're employees, but they want to create a brand. Um, first of all, get excited and embrace the fact that you have the luxury of some time. Um, I was talking to a woman this morning on a discovery call who's currently full time in financial services over in the UK, and she's building this business, but she like she has income coming in from her full time job, so. Sometimes people are so ready to like jump the ship and, and go just start brand new. And, and there's a percentage of people who work well that way, where it's like you have to have nowhere to turn and you have to like have a lot of pressure on you mm-hmm. to make it work. I mean, look, I've done that. Um, is it more stressful? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> so, um, so I would say embrace the fact that you have a little bit more time on your side and take that time to really get clear on your blueprint. So kind of embrace the luxury of, okay, I can I can have some space to really think about what's going to best serve people and use that to your advantage. So build out your blueprint before you go start like building a website or creating your logo. A lot of times people will end up investing in technology and services that they ultimately don't end up needing. So if you're thinking about, okay, I know I'm going to want to gather emails, but I'm not quite sure what that's going to look like yet sketch out what your funnel looks like before going and investing in technology to help support it, right? Like sketch out and build out the whole thing before you start spending money on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the other beautiful thing about that again is just when you're in a place where you don't feel pressured to make money right away, you're able to be more creative. And I think about, you mentioned one of our other clients at the beginning is a a guy named Lewis Howes who has a podcast called The School of Greatness and it's become, I think like last week it was number 39 in all the podcasts in the world. Um, And for him, he wasn't full-time when he started the podcast but he had enough in savings that he didn't have to worry about making money for a couple of years. And his whole focus was just how can I help solve people's problems? And because he did that, and he kind of took that approach, he was able to build something that now is a massive brand and is generating, you know, millions and of dollars in revenue every year, and and that is really of service. So, I would say for those would be my pieces of advice for your full timers. Awesome. Um, yeah, you know, if you're a side hustler, I think it's really just being intentional about how you're spending your time. So if you're building something on the side, it's like, okay, what are the clear hours when I'm going to be working on this? And then also really focusing on money-making activities, right? So being really clear on, okay, I know I need to bring in X amount in my business in order to be able to make the leap, and what's going to do that for me? So sometimes, like, it depends on what... um, what you're selling, but when we're working with clients, we go through the five different ways that you can get paid in your personal brand. Uh, we have an acronym we call PAYE. We love acronyms at Brand Builders Group. So for anyone who works with us, uh, Talia, you probably remember this is like, everything is an acronym, Yep. <laughs> um, but there's products, there's ads and affiliates, there's you as a service, there's education, things like courses, and then there's entertainment. And typically, the most accessible, fastest way to get paid is you as a service. So that could look like coaching, it could look like consulting, it could look like speaking. Um, But it's not to say that you can't, you know, be building out a membership site or be building out a a technology product and ultimately leave your job. People do that all the time. But if you're trying to figure out how do I make money faster in this in order to leave, it would be thinking about what are the different ways you personally can offer yourself as a service. Mm -hmm. And that'll, that's accessible to anybody, anytime, right? Like you could go start coaching tomorrow if you've got something you can really help people with. Um, so I'd be thinking about what's going to bring in money fastest Mm -hmm. and how to focus on that. And then, you know, if you're already rocking in your business and you're a full-time entrepreneur and you're like, you've, you've done the thing, you've left corporate. Um, first of all, congratulations. That's rare and that's exciting and hats off to you. That's amazing. And I think sometimes it's just like taking a step back to really get clear on what's that next level of vision And how can I start to scale and expand? So depending on where you are in your business, um, this may or may not apply to you, but at a certain level, one of the things that we really like to try to help clients do is figure out, okay, how can I get, how can I kind of remove myself from having to do a lot of the day to day Mm -hmm. in order to be able to create more revenue, um, scale faster, serve more people, and not feel like I'm tied down to my business, right? A lot of times we become an entrepreneur because we're hoping for more time freedom. And then when we're working on <laughs> Saturdays and Sundays, we're like, this isn't what I thought it was. So one of the other models that we teach our clients when they're thinking about building out new products and services in different ways to scale is a model that we call dares, D-A-R-E-S. And it's a simple checklist that anytime you're creating a new product or service, Um, If you can run it through this checklist, you'll often find ways that you can scale and create more passive revenue without you having to be there. And so it's, is it digital? Is it automated? Is it recurring? Is it evergreen? And is it scalable? Now, like I told you yesterday, Talia, uh, when we were working together, we have yet to find a business that checks all of those boxes where you're able to make a lot of money. You never have to tweak or change anything. um, You don't have to have a team or staff. It's all digital and automated. We think Netflix is probably the closest. (laughs) But even just thinking about, okay, if time freedom is important to me, how could I create something that's more automated? How could I create something that's maybe like a membership site that's recurring revenue instead of selling courses where I'm having to launch all the time and just really getting clear on what your values are and what's important to you in that next phase. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's just taking some space to, to, to kind of take a step out of your business and to think about for my strategy for the next level of my business, what does that look like? And so We try to create that for our clients when they're working with us. It's also just, you know, you could go do a one-day retreat at a hotel and kind of lock yourself in a room and just really take a step out of the day-to-day. But those are, look, there's plenty more things at each stage that people should be thinking about. But those are some of my top ones that I hope would be of service to your audience.
0: Yes, my goodness. Ah, That was amazing. (laughs) Yes, thank you. And I'm, I'm, again, Hopefully you had a piece of paper and a pen out for that because that was such helpful information. Thank you for sharing those frameworks. And, yes, we love those acronyms. (laughs) Um, Yes,
1: I like any acronym that's about passive revenue.
0: One (laughs) hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I think that that seems to be the goal for a lot of people. But it takes a lot of work to build to build out a business that can get to that point.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think you're you're absolutely right and also just being really cognizant of what phase of your business are you in. Mm-hmm. You know, when I talked about side hustlers, the fastest way to make money is you as a service, right. which is totally the opposite of the dares model, right? Like yeah, yeah. sometimes at the beginning you have to do things to make the money that you don't necessarily see as being part of your long-term business model. It's kind of like you have to do, you do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do, Mm -hmm. but just being really aware of what phase are you in in your business and what's most appropriate for that phase, knowing that
0: nothing lasts forever. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So many good tidbits, Elise. Thank you. Thank you. Um, My pleasure. and I, I do want to ask this from a personal level. I would love to hear like, what are you most proud of in your, in your career? And more specifically in this work you've done, like aside from what you love most, what makes you feel the most proud?
1: Hmm. What makes me feel the most proud? That's a really good question. Um, You know, I think so many of my clients' journeys are aligned with my own journey. And I think this is often how it happens, right? We attract the people who are like us into our business. And I know for myself, a lot of my own journey has been about being comfortable, being visible, kind of like we talked about before, um, being confident in my own skin, um, speaking up and knowing that my voice matters. Mm -hmm. And for years of my life, I didn't think those things were true. And as I've stepped into really owning that power in myself, I've realized how my days feel different, how I love connecting with other people where I used to just want to hide, where I love creating content that I know is going to help and serve other people. And I think the thing that's really gratifying for me and what I get proud of, it's really more proud of, of my clients than of myself It's just when I see my clients really like stepping into that next level of ownership Mm -hmm. of their worth, of their brand, of their voice, and of really becoming more visible in their space and seeing them, just seeing them truly shine. Um, And a lot of times, just having that clarity around what their message is and who they're going to serve and how they're going to build the next level allows them to do that more freely and, Mm -hmm. and more. Um, more generously and it's beautiful to see them do that. It lights me up like nothing else.
0: That's amazing. And I love what you said about how, you know, your it sounds like your work for you has really become a way of expressing yourself in your own story and your own journey and and that's such a blessing I know for so many of us to feel that sense of alignment with our purpose through the work we're doing. Like that's that's the goal for so many people and it's amazing to see you really living that out and and owning it as, as you help other people do for themselves.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. I love it. It's a blessing. Amazing. Well, I'm super thrilled that we're having this conversation because you get to join me in making a super exciting announcement that you have also been a part of helping me bring to life, Mm -hmm. um, along the same lines of, you know, these conversations about doing the, the, Inner work, doing this deep work to get to know who you are and figure out how your work aligns with that purpose. In the spirit of all that, my exciting announcement to share with you all, and Elise again, I'm so excited that you're here to do this with me, is that I have launched a new podcast. And, (laughs) woohoo, yes. And the name of the podcast, I'll just give you all a quick tidbit, is Sincerely Me. And it's a podcast about self-discovery and again doing that deep inner work so you can deepen your relationship to yourself, align with your purpose, and really find ways to show up more fully in your work and life. And so a lot of the conversations we'll be having are similar to this, this you know, message that came out in this conversation with Elise around how do you how do you really feel figure out what is going to feel significant for you. How do you lead a life of significance? How do you align your work in a way that that lights you up and that lights up the world around you? And I won't get too much into into it. If you want to hear more about it, the intro episode is up, and it'll give you a sense of what you can expect in the podcast. But It's, it's so important for us to take the time to do that inner work. And to your point, Elise, the questions you have to answer for yourself when you're building a personal brand, they are personal questions, right? Like who am I, what am I here to do? What is my message? How am I here to serve? What is it that I want to make a difference doing with my life here? Those are hard questions to answer. And a lot of times we don't take time out of our day to day to really dig deep and get to know, get to know ourselves.
1: Yeah. And I'll just say to Talia from having spent two days in a room with you, like we knew each other before, but we'd never met in person. And it was so amazing. Um, and part of why I'm so excited for your new podcast is to get to see your brilliance in this area of really helping people, especially people who like they did all the things they checked all the boxes you know they've got like the outer success but they don't feel that deeper level of fulfillment or significance yet and to mm-hmm. see the insights that you have for them and the the exercises they can go through and the conversations that need to happen in order to help them get really clear on how they can live out a more fulfilled significant life mm-hmm. like Oh my gosh! I cannot <laughs> wait
0: for your Thank podcast you. because this is your
1: gift. This is your genius, and uh, you. and you're going to help a lot of people.
0: That means so much. Thank you. I, Thank I, you. I and it's so wonderful to hear again. Like you serve, you've have served as such a mirror for me throughout this process. And and it is. It's exactly that. It's it's something's missing. There is a void somewhere in some way, but we don't know what it is, right? So I'm hoping that the conversations. I have on the podcast with guests like the Elise, you know, she'll be coming on and and sharing a little bit more about these deeper questions and, you know, some solo episodes, some meditations. I think it's going to be a really awesome blend of perspectives and, and insights that will hopefully help folks really connect to themselves and, and figure out what they truly, truly, truly deeply want. So so thank you for being a part of that exciting announcement. <laughs> My pleasure. Yeah, My excited. pleasure. I'm yeah. so excited about it. Thank you. And last but not least, I do want to give people all the ways to connect with you and and learn more about the work you do um, and and figure out how they can perhaps work with you because you do incredible work and and again I've said it a million times already but my personal experience working with you was absolutely incredible and it was a two it was just two days but such an intense two days it felt like a month's worth of work and was such a great use of my time and so I'd love for everyone to know how and when and where to to connect with you
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. So um, I would love to connect with you all on social. So you can find me pretty much on any social just with my name, Elise Archer, E-L-Y-S-E-A-R-C-H-E-R. And then um, I do also want to just offer anybody in your community who's listening to this and who is like, you know maybe you're you're doing the full time w2 thing but you want to get clear on how you can build your business outside of that or maybe you have built a successful business and you're looking to get clarity on what your next level looks like i would love to offer a free brand strategy call Um, To anyone in your audience where I'll get on the phone with them and kind of talk through what the vision looks like and where they feel like they're running into challenges. And if if we can help them and, and really help them accomplish their goals, then we can talk about what that looks like. And if we can't, I'll be happy to direct them. Just some great resources that can help them. But if anyone wants to get signed up for that free call, uh, we created a special landing page for you. It's a little long, so just like grab it, be sure you got your pen <laughs> right now. <laughs> but it's simply womenworkworth dot the dot com. So women dot the Awesome.
0: And we'll link that in the show notes for you.
1: Fabulous! That will yes. save everyone a headache. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so we'll link all of the wonderful ways to contact Elise. We'll link the new podcast in the show notes as well. And what else? What else we got to share? I feel like you know, I would just say, um, in kind of closing thoughts,
1: are um, your voice matters and if you feel like there's a calling on your heart to share something, to be known, to be visible, that is there for a reason, right? Mm. That is, yeah, I believe that's God given. That's like, you are meant to be sharing that out into the world. And so follow that intuition and follow that instinct and know that you have something significant, um, to share with the world and, and honor that, Mm. um, and, and get whatever support you need in doing that. But really just like Get your voice heard. Get your message out into the world because you were put here for a reason.
0: I love that. Yes, honoring ourselves—it's so important—and sometimes the last thing on our list, right?
1: (laughs) It is. Yeah, it is. But it shouldn't be. So, um, I'm excited for all of your audience and the work they're doing and just for this opportunity to, to share with them. So thank you.
0: Amazing. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Elise and everyone reach out to her. You will not regret it. And thank you for all the work you've done for us and for all the work you do for brilliant people out in the world. My pleasure. All right. Talk to you soon.